Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, I'm Ryan. I'm Will. Oh man, I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> and you're live on the podcast where we watch reality TV so you don't have to. Please do not swear. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of It's Just a Game, the podcast where we watch reality TV so you don't have to. Every week we look at the winning strategies and losing strategies, the hottest gossip and the most iconic drama of your favorite reality TV shows. This week we're back for more Survivor as we look at episodes 7 and 8 of Survivor UK. Now, I couldn't do this on my own. Uh, well, I could, but it'd just be really shit. Uh, and this is why I'm joined <laughs> by my two housemates, Ivan and Wolf. Hello, Ivan. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm I'm sort of inter- I'm just vibing on the fact that as a French person, which and I hate to reveal this to the audience, but you are French. Ooh la la. Your there we go. Your idea <laughs> of British regional accents is so off the mark. I'm sorry. My please do not swear was perfect. Please do not swear. Uh, why did you roll the art? Whoa. <laughs> okay, well, go on, let's have it. Welcome to my new recurring segment. Please do not swear. I- I'll just take your best AJ Odudu impression. Big Brother House, this is AJ. I didn't watch the show. AJ, you are live on Channel 3. Please do not swear. Clearly, you haven't watched the show. Wilf. Um, do you remember the line? You've watched the show for six weeks. Do you need a, a bit of help here? <laughs> we are. I can't do it. We are. Lo- I can't do it. I, I can just do that. Do not swear. But you're doing it with Marcus's voice. You're doing it with Big Brother's voice for some reason. Do not swear. I can't do it. Dear 35 in the Big Brother house. AJ is trying to pronounce the word swear. <laughs> See, that was actually incredible. Feeling the seer, the word. Ivan, you're going to have to narrate my life. Uh, but anyway, that's Ivan and Wilf. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm excited to talk about this such very, very good episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say we have a lot to say, but maybe a bit less than usual. Now, as always, be warned, we're entering a spoiler zone. So if you haven't seen episodes one to eight of Survivor UK and you don't want to be spoiled, go away and come back when you're done. If you have seen it, stay right here. Do not move. And if you don't mind being spoiled, well, guess who's here? Ivan is going to catch us up. Ivan, what's been going on? Ivan. Right. Will can ask it this time. Will? No, you so Oh, yeah, Ivan. What's been going on, Ivan? Well, that was, that was smoothless. That, like, smoothless. That was smooth. Smoothless. It was smoothless. And here we go. This is my bit. Episode 7. Calaton is split between Jess and Nathan and Lawrence and Shy. The newcomers, Pegleg and Dougleg, seem to be able to choose their own alliance. That's exciting. <laughs> it's similar in Lenena as a voting block of three. They aren't just meat. These new tribe swappers actually seem to be kingmakers. How exciting. The reward challenge is a disc press. Shy and Nathan choose to drop their shared disc really early on to focus on their other discs. 
Hmm. But that's the opposite of good strategy. Lenaina win! Chris in Lenaina wants to throw the immunity challenge to get rid of Tanuke or Matthew. The immunity challenge is complicated. It's a swim, climb, chest cage, drag track, puzzle grid, build one. Chris tries so hard to lose and they still win. Fail. Kalaton is split into three pairs, but they're all lying to each other. But in the vote, Nathan and Jess are the butts of the blind side. From her alliance ruling Kalaton to being down one player in, down to one player in two weeks and all men in Kalaton. So, episode eight. The gang get letters from home, which is clearly emotional for them. I felt like we were intruding. In the second half of the episode, Lee gets angry at Chris for being too obvious about throwing the task. Chris asks him to calm down. They fully fall out. It's ugly. Lenaina are shocked to see that Jess has gone, and the Calaton boys have to defend their misogyny. The immunity challenge is a big bucket <laughs> balance. It's not something the big orange blokes can do, but as an individual task, it's not something Christopher can throw. So, the Lenaina Seven survive and win another task, and Caladon will be down to four. Once again, Doug and Pegleg are the kingmakers, and it seems like it's between Nathan or Shy. Nathan uses the phrase parting gift and voting Shy, <coughs> and Doug and Peg go with him 3-2, but to be fair, Shy was always on borrowed time. The tribes are about to merge, and not a single tribe swapper has been sent home, and one of the remaining eleven is halfway to the prize of one million sorry, one hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> and that's where we are now. BBC rates. <laughs> one one pounds. <laughs> one hundred thousand pennies. <laughs> <laughs> well that, that's your summary. Now let's take it back for a second. Let's get back to Lanena uh, at the beginning of episode seven. The portrait that is painted there is one of a divided tribe. You know, you've got the new joiners, uh, Pegleg and Dugleg, as uh, Ivan calls them. Um, and I think Dog says something that's actually quite smart. Once again, Dog shows himself to be really good at strategy. Oh, yeah. He realizes that, you know, by going to a new tribe, he's put himself in danger and now he's back to the bottom two. And the way he gets out of this is by exploiting any rifts, any division in camp, of which there's a lot on that side. Uh, is this the right strategy, really? Is this the best way, if you're joining a new tribe, even though you're a pair, is this the best way to um, protect yourself and to solidify your place in a tribe, at least until the merge? The first best way is to win the, cha win the challenges. But the second best way, yes, is to try and find differences between the group and act, as I keep saying, as the kingmakers. In this case, it was super simple because they divided into three pairs. It was Nathan Jess... Shine Lawrence and the new pair. And so, yeah, they fully got to exploit that. And you saw it in a sense in Lenaina as well. But it just goes to show that by swapping two, not one, you don't have one person out. You have the people who can make the majority. It was, it was actually, I think it was quite easy for them to do that, to exploit it and survive twice. Well played then. Yeah, I think that they played it quite well, to be fair. Like when, like Ivan was saying, when you think about it, when you go into a new tribe and you survive, twice that that like hats off to them and they've survived to the point where they have control of the majority now uh, because they do control not control certain people but they have alliances with certain people so they are more in control than the, what they were in the other camp as well so they've literally gone over to this camp they've grown as a pair like and i think they're in a really strong position for when they when they do merge because they're they're like the they're sort of the kingmakers they're the ones that are yeah, that are controlling the narrative at the moment, I think. When they offered the switch, this is why we said, well, this is why I said it's a good idea to choose to switch. Because assuming you can survive, and there's plenty of ways to do that, then you've got that great opportunity of knowing people on both sides. I think that 
Lawrence and Shy would probably trust Doug. And I think that most of Lenane would trust Doug. So I think, you know, the only reason they wouldn't trust anyone from Keleton is because of this misogyny tag, which is being applied to everyone. I know we're going to get onto that later. But like, I think it's worked out really well for them on both sides. All five people who've switched tribes are in a strong position right now. Do you think, though, um, if you're on the opposite team and you're watching that Doug and Pegleg have got through twice, do you start doubting their loyalty to you? Do you start thinking, mm, maybe they're not loyal to us no. anymore? Because or, or do you just think they're like gr- glad they're still there and must think, oh, they're really trustworthy people for people to for them to still be in? I don't know. I think they've re- they've really gone for that approach where like people seem to really think your original tribe is still your tribe at heart. Mm. Sometimes in Survivor you can see this. People just sort of move away from the original tribe and they belong a full-fledged member of the new tribe. Here, yes, they're on Lanana, but really deep down, they've always been Calatin. And I think everyone thinks this way on camp. I think it doesn't actually matter too much. They can use that as a reason to form a division, to form a majority. But in the end, they're not going to turn somebody down if they're from a different tribe. They just want the numbers. And, you know, this kind of allegiance and like, oh, you know, I swear myself to Lenaina, I'm going to lose the task so I can get rid of somebody from Calaton. It's all nonsense, really. Because in the end, it doesn't matter which colour you, what colour buff you're wearing. In one week, you're all going to be wearing pink. And it turns out. And therefore, (laughs) all they need to do is make sure they've got the numbers. They will, I can guarantee you, it's not just going to split back up into original Elena, original, original Caraton. That's the thing. Like, this merge is actually coming at the perfect time. I know we're halfway through the adventure, but this is perfect because everyone and everything is divided. Lenena is a mess. Caliton is a mess. People are backstabbing each other. Alliances are shifting every day. It's like, it's messy on each side. And I think that actually sets us up for a really good merge because now it's, actually hard to see how the alliances are going to solidify when it comes to when it comes to the merge no i'm thinking it, it might be by all tribes but even then i don't think that will last very long it's very okay. much now people have very much created bonds across tribes colors mean nothing just ahead of the merger and that will make the merge really interesting i just feel like there's not much strategy in this whole thing so far we've had like little glimpses of strategy but realistically the only person who I'm watching at the moment who has an actual good strategy and I think will carry on smashing it in the merger is Doug. Yeah, 100%. I think he is the only one who's putting in play games and the rest of them have these strategies, but they can't execute them well enough because they haven't mm. got a solidified group. It's quite like not very forward planning. They've got these strategies, but the strategies last two, three, four, five days at most. You still can't see them thinking about like, you know, they say the word merge but you can't see them thinking beyond the merge. I actually don't. I think Doug is playing a good game, but I don't think that's necessarily true long-term. Choosing to get rid of Nathan, not Shy, to me is a tactical error because Nathan will prop up the uh, old Calaton gang if that's what happens, whereas Doug would eventually revert back to the old Lenaina gang. If you wanted to get rid of Nathan at this point, you're left with Shy, who's not making strong connections, only really has an alliance with Lawrence and won't really um, be a big risk to you in the end game. Mm-hmm. So while I think he might have won over Nathan's approval by getting rid of Shy, and he now has Nathan on his own, Lawrence on his own, and is not building a strong alliance in any way. He's also not knocking out big players. The really, yeah. I think the long-term thing to do would have been getting rid of Nathan. So in a way, maybe Doug's playing well. Maybe he's not playing that well. I guess, you know, obviously... 
you do have a point in that you've got to look forward to the long term. The adventure becomes individual now. And, you know, being up against an Ethan, you're probably taking quite a fair few risks keeping him in the game. Yeah. Especially because obviously in episode eight, he does have a golden opportunity to get rid of Nathan. And what I'm really happy to get rid of Shy, because Shy was doing my head in. <laughs> it's just mm, like it could backfire long term. I'm sure Nathan will be grateful. We'll like, you know, keep that in mind for two, three tribal councils but past that mm. nathan's a really likable guy so i think on leaving him in is scary because i think when he joins the other tribe they'll he'll make good alliances there as well like he's Mm. quite a strong Mm. player he's not a great strategist i haven't really seen any strategy from him actually that's why i'm not sure he's that much of a threat to be honest because yeah i agree would have been good to get him out but shy on the other hand was half decent strategy you just couldn't execute them because he didn't have many friends in there uh certainly better than nathan in my view but what nathan will do is prop up the ex calaton gang of uh, of um matt tanuke um leilani nathan potentially lawrence like that that's five i know there's 11 people left but like mm. i don't know i think you want to keep those numbers down if you're thinking along party lines i think you want to keep those numbers down as much as you can yeah, yeah. fair enough um, now let's talk about the challenges then. We discuss this every every week. Um, I want to start with the engine takeaway reward. Not much to be said about it. Great challenge. Interesting strategies there. Uh, one thing I do want to say about this is that so far, Survivor's been very, like, arm heavy. Like, you know, you could skip leg day and be fine on Survivor. <laughs> there hasn't been much, like, legs involved. It's just holding shit with your arms and your yeah. shoulders. Just hold this above your head. That's every 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 week we've got a task where somebody has to hold something above their head. For the first two weeks, every week we had a task that involved fighting in some sort of way on some sort of different arena. Now we've got uh, carrying random shit with your arms. The task next week is fighting a bird that's above your head. You have to just like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we? Can, we're talking about tasks, right? Can we talk about? The letters, because that was technically, uh, weren't a task, but they, they skipped the task for it, didn't they? Did they? Well, yeah. Okay. So we'll get back to the uh, emergency challenge in episode seven in a second, because I think we're going to have a lot to say about Christopher there. But yeah, the letters, like, I'm sorry, Survivor is meant to be tough. Survivor is meant yeah. to be painful. To just generously donate them all a letter. No, I want to see them fight for it. I want to see them do an actual reward challenge, fight for letters. Half of them get the letters. Joel Dumit burns half of the other letters in front of them i want to see them crying i want to see them suffering it's survivor in the ocean so they're all getting wet pick out a tiny shred like i think it's from my son but i can't tell yeah we want that we want that but also spending gratuitous 25 minutes on it like what's i it was a long long edit and the thing is yeah i'll be completely honest i haven't got to know enough of them to get emotional when they read it Mm. yeah like when i was watching big brother right i watched it all the time so when they were getting emotional at times i'd get a little bit emotional and i'm an emotional person but during that i had no emotion the only one that did was when lee mentioned about his brother passing away Mm. because obviously my brother passed away that was the only sort of bit that was relatable but the rest of it, I just don't know enough about them and like them enough. And that's like everyone who's got a bit of empathy will watch that and feel like, oh, that's a tearjerker. But also, it's not why I turned on because I didn't really want to intrude upon their emotions. And so, yeah, when I had, um, you know, I won't reveal exactly where and when, and it wasn't during filming, but when I had a little message from home, as allowed by whoever, um, it was an emotional moment for me. I'm glad it wasn't on bloody TV. 
because it was a personal yeah. emotional moment and i get it if you've spent 56 days watching people on yeah. big brother and you watch them have a letter from home it's like okay i care about you and i want to see what your sister looks like but with this it just it lacked for me any relevance to the rest of the show it, yeah oh, it was just it, a bit weird I I looked like they're taking away a challenge for this yeah it was the reward for a challenge yeah. that didn't exist <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just, just, just matey walking on a beach and finding it. Like, like the producers haven't got. Do you want to go for a walk? Yeah. <laughs> that way. Yeah. That way. <laughs> Do you want to go to, to, to the beach? See if you can find some wild mig bottles just standing around between the crabs. <laughs> oh, and I just feel like they. Uh, you can see through what they're doing. They want the show to have heart. Do you mm. think that they they during filming they thought okay we need to that we need a bit more about them and we need the audience to care a bit more about them. I don't think that's something that the, that, you know, the letters would fix. Obviously the issue here is that because it's a BBC, they've got to fit this in 58 minutes and 30 seconds. And there's a lot to fit in, which means we don't get, as opposed to, you know, the US, which is getting 90 minutes episode now, or France, where it's two hours, you don't get to actually meet the people, meet the character and just create a bond to feel close to them because it all has to go so fast. Five minutes from camp, reward challenge, 10 minutes of camp, immunity challenge, five minutes from camp, tribal council, good night. Yeah. But now let's talk about the other challenge there. And I think that's also one where I'm going to have a lot to say um, <laughs> because for starters, you know, that challenge was trying to, like, it's a sort of puzzle slash water game slash God knows what it is. Like it's manufacturing your own rail line slash it's just all very complicated. Do, do you think they got the producers from The Apprentice to, to do that game? <laughs> <laughs> just throw in as many random elements as possible. <laughs> there was like a prison built in the sea and they had to break into the prison and then they had to like become pirates. They had to sit on top of them to get it under. It was just weird. Plunder the chests and then swim to the thing and then go along a bridge why was the bridge why was the bridge there why did the bridge matter and then they had to play fishing with a bit of the bridge and then they had to get there and build an arch but the arch had to be a special arch and even though it looked like they got it right it wasn't right and i love it in a challenge when you have to look to joel dummett and him go no (laughs) there should be a visual like a a legend of zelda when you get it right and it looked like they got it right and it was still wrong and that's a failure of game design and and you know they're they're looking at joel and joel's getting in the earpiece yeah Yeah. he's just waiting yeah he's just waiting is it right he doesn't even know himself (laughs) i I thought i was gonna see him in the water again though i really did we did did. he went knee deep in the water he was still talking he went knee deep but this time they brought the platform a bit closer so he didn't have to swim all the way out. He could yeah, just stay. I noticed, that. <laughs> I noticed that the platform was that there was only a little gap before it was really far away. <laughs> Hashtag draw in the water. Just don't dumb it like. like oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> but now the probably the most shocking bit of that challenge is Christopher's new strategy. He thinks that what we get to do is start <laughs> is to start picking out people from the Nena, and to do that he wants to throw the challenge. <laughs> I mean, initial reaction, surely this is the most stupid thing I've ever seen on Survivor. It's wrong. It doesn't match the game format. It's just strategically, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it could backfire. I can see, like, there might be a strategic angle on that, and Ivan will get to that. But first reaction, what the fuck? Oh, mate, I, I swear on my life, yeah, I was watching it. And this is why 
I don't agree with how Lee approached it, but I do agree on what he was trying to say. Was- oh, no, I agree fully. The man was doing cartwheels on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, why don't you hold it and drop it? Because you'll you, you'll find it hard. The guy was doing cartwheels. <laughs> 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 if he'd done anything, if you was on his team and seen that, you'd literally go, let's get this knobhead out. <laughs> like, like- <laughs> Joel was just standing there being like, what the fuck do I comment on this? You know, he's always commenting. He's like, what do I say? <laughs> It was so stupid. It was like, there's so many ways to throw a challenge, right? And that was, he, that was not sabotaging at all. I don't even, that was basically committing Harry Carey for himself. If if people, if people were a bit more savage about it, like. Well, Ivan, is there, is there a strategy behind this? Is there a reason? Please tell us, because what the fuck? Yeah, no. So initially, same, same thought as you. Stupid fucking, like, so stupid. And, and the worst thing about it was doing it in such a frivolous, carefree way. Ugh, sends an awful message. I think if you consider it instead as an effort to protect Doug and Peg, then I sort of get it. Because not only are you keeping your original tribe together, but you're actually earning the respect of two people. If you then go and say, two weeks you could have gone, your tribe was shit. And I saved you both times by losing on purpose. Here's what you need. You need a majority of your tribe to be completely united and all of them working together to throw the game in an obvious way. The fact that he kind of shared it-ish with Ashley and then said, let's leave it to the final moment. If I nod, we'll do it. Then nodded, then tried to do it, made a fool of himself, embarrassed himself, showed himself to be an unreliable uh, team member, and then still won immediately invalidates the entire thing. <laughs> Cut to the next week when they were again like, maybe we should try it because we, you know, it's only one week to go to the merge. We just have to lose this task and we save Doug and Pegleg. But then it was an individual challenge. So in the end, it was botched in the entire delivery. But what I will say is it works under certain very specific conditions, none of which he'd assured. When he started doing cartwheels, I was like, I was thinking to myself, I just don't understand why you would, if you sabotage something, you can do it in so many ways that make it look like you're not being a dick. Well, possibly we're thinking now... um, it was never really about throwing the challenge. It was about maximizing attention, making a funny moment on TV, becoming a meme of some sort, which was a complete misreading of the Survivor universe. But I think maybe there was an element of saving dog and peg leg. Maybe there was just an element of him wanting to be the funny guy on TV. Yeah, maybe he'd seen the traitors US. And I'd like to bring a really important factor into this conversation. The man is 36 years old, 36 years of age. Like, I'm sorry, like, you can't, no. It's just like, you're too old for this shit. Not only is he stupid enough to throw the challenge, but he's even more stupid by telling them about it the next day. Say, oh yeah, by the way, I was trying to throw the challenge without asking you. If they'd lost that challenge, like, it would have given him a golden opportunity to just vote him out. I will say, though, that conversation to me sounded like a lot more of them had had that idea in conversation. Like, even Lee was like, yeah, I know that. I get that. Like, they all, it seems like they'd all agreed in concept, in concept, but they just, the, it, yeah, I don't know. It was like it was missing a bit of a consensus, to be honest. It just felt like, you know, I think the fight was mostly about the fact that this hadn't been properly planned and agreed between everyone. So even if they discussed it, you know, you can't make such a big decision without consulting the rest of your tribe. You needed absolute consensus. You needed a full majority and you needed everyone to help a little bit rather than just one person occasionally throwing blocks on the sand and going, whoops. <laughs> Honestly, just, just mind blowing that Christopher is moving mad. Um, uh, but yeah. Mad. Now let's get back to the voting. Obviously we finished the challenges. Eventually Carlton goes for the double, double loss. Um, 
five seats left at Trouble Council by the end of episode eight. Uh, but yeah, clearly voting unhappens. Now, my question there was Tribal Council. On both occasions, uh, in episode seven, Jess goes, and I'm sort of, mmm, like, they are picking the women off one by one. She was the only woman left. And I know the next day they sort of deny it, but actually you can't, it's not a denial. It's probably actually like an admission of guilt when you've got Lauren saying, oh, I don't think we're majorinists, but perhaps we can take advantage of a good bit of testosterone. I'm sorry, what the hell? Like, this is actually disgusting. Like, why would you openly admit that you've taken your decision basically based on gender? I think that's actually rank. It's not a survival way. And I hope Lawrence that. pays the price for that. He says this word for word. This is a direct quote. Yeah, and Lawrence also says, "Oh, I, no, I don't think we're misogynists." And Tanuki's like, "You said it." <laughs> I mean, it's 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 so flagrant. And they get rid of Jess, and the first task that they have after that is something that Jess would be really good at. Like, yeah. they don't. It's like Jess was good at balance, and they all fall off before the fucking instructions have even finished. And they're all covered in water. It's absolutely ridiculous. It was so so quick. And then you know, I've watched some of the challenges and been like, "Oh my god, how have they done this for that long?" Like, you know, some of them are over an hour holding things above their head as yeah. usual in the sun. In the sun, and then this time, they all just flopped, and you can see what's his name just wondering, "Do I throw this one?" Do I throw it or not? What do I do? Do I stay on or do I jump off? <laughs> so stupid. In in the first elimination, then you get rid of Nathan because clearly that was the right thing to do. You keep Jess that week. Jess then shows herself to be good. You go, oh yeah, we need diversity in the group, and then you get rid of Shy. That's what you do. Yeah. And, you know, I think Lawrence, despite the fact that he said those things and really, really showed his ass there, I think he is probably quite a useful person to have around. He's also not particularly influential. And could probably be bought over. The mm. two people you get rid of in that group are Nathan and Shy. Nathan's lovely. He clearly is lovely, but I feel like that is a smart tactical move. And Shy, obviously, it's so weird they got rid of Jess. So strange. Yeah, I thought that as well. Because I was thinking, do you know what? Shy's days are numbered anyway. And the fact is that he's never gonna get he's never gonna win it just for the fact that he can't actually make alliances. I know. I, I don't know how he made it this far, to be honest. Uh, but then we actually get to the eighth tribal council. Uh, and this time, this was generally for me a blind side. I think there was something missing a little bit, perhaps in the edit, because I really, or maybe that's the brilliance of the edit, but I really couldn't see where this was going. I thought Nathan was gone. And then they announced the last vote on these really bad pieces of paper and they go <laughs> shy. And that really caught me by surprise. It's the right decision. But why did it take eight, half the adventures, 18 days to get there? Yeah. It's also interesting that this is the first episode where Shai was really campaigning for anything. Like, he and Lawrence were sort of campaigning for Jess last episode, but he was really campaigning for Nathan this episode. Um, and it just didn't work. He just didn't have the numbers. I think, I think yeah, as we've said, I think we always knew he was going to go as a question of when and at whose expense. Um, so... Bad strategy, but this had to happen. Right. Well, then this leaves us with the merge. It's coming. We see it in a teaser. They've kept it just for halfway, the halfway point. The merge is coming. Now, um, I'm going to reintroduce my new recurring segment. Uh, I'm going to ask you, you know, make you merge alliance. You're going to end up in a new tribe. I'm going to tell you who's left. You tell me, who do you create your alliance with? You can join any alliance with any number of players. Who are you joining? The candidates are Ashley, Christopher, Doug, Hannah, Lawrence, 
Lee, Leilani, Matthew, Nathan, Pegleg, and Tinuki. Make your alliance. Who are you joining? Ivan. Oh, for me, it's the core Kalaton group who've been there since the beginning, with a few extras. So, so for me at this point, I would feel safe with Tanuke, Matthew, Leilani, Nathan. That's four, but that's of 11. The issue with that, clearly, is that Lenaina outnumber them. They've got to win a couple over. Mm-hmm. They could then probably also get Lawrence in that, five. And yeah. If I want to pull over some really strong people, who do I rate? I probably rate Hannah. I think Hannah's probably quite good. Yeah. And maybe Ashley. So I think probably that's that's what I do. That's about seven. That's um, Dream Reliance. What about you guys? Wilf, Dream Reliance, who are you joining? Um, it's a really hard one. Do you want a list of players on WhatsApp? <laughs> no, 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 no. I can. I know the, most of their names. So I'd, do, I'd have Tanika. Tanika? Is it Tanika? <laughs> yeah, you know most of their names. <laughs> I know most of their names. <laughs> Tanika. No, I'd have Tanuka. There's no A in it. There's no A Tanuki. in the name. Tanuki. I'm sorry. He just said that. Did you not? I said Tanuke. 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 She's a professional. She's a professional rollerblader. Don't you know that? Yeah, yeah, that person. Yeah. And then Le- Leinana. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's it. You got it. Nailed it. No, Keep it's going. because I get confused because Lenani. 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 I can't say it. Lenani. Yeah. And then Duglos. Duglos, of course. Duglos. <laughs> Pugleg. Pegleg. Naif, wait, I'm trying to say my people. Doug, <laughs> well, you're Pegleg. trying, mate, you're trying. Doug, Pegleg, Nathan. Peg on. Yeah, Peg on. that's his name. Peg on. Peg on. Um, Nathan. And then, and then I think I'd have Hannah, actually. I like Hannah a lot. Yeah. If you can get Doug and Pegleg on that side, you haven't got to worry about trying to win over Ashley and Hannah. If you can get Pegleg and Doug on that side with Tanuke, Matthew, Nathan and Lawrence, that's so strong. I just don't like Lawrence. Yeah. It's a package deal, though. I, I get that you don't like him, but if you're going to take the Kalaton gang, that, he's going to come with them, at least to begin with. Yeah. I mean, that's why That's why ultimately I'd have quite a similar strategy. I would want to bring over Doug and Pegleg. They're solid. Unfortunately, yeah, that means taking Lawrence. I don't want Lawrence. I tried to get rid of him quite fast, but I have to be sly about it. Nathan, I want to keep on as well. And then if I had to add a few plays to top it off, it probably be Hannah... Maybe Lee. I know I struggled with Lee at the beginning, but I think he's really sort of like, he started to become more, I don't know, I seem to enjoy seeing him in the game a bit more. Uh, and uh, Leilani Tinuki would probably be also quite solid um, options, but it'd probably be among the earlier leavers, you know, if uh, when it came time to sacrifice one of your own. I think the thing about Lee is... Obviously, in the first couple of episodes, he was really objectionable. Some of the things he said were really really not very hard, easy to listen to. But he is loyal. And therefore, you want him on your alliance because he will work and do everything he can to win for you. And also, easily blindsidable. Yeah. Yeah. Very Which easy. Which is I've, sad I've to been... say, but like... It's going to yeah. happen at some point. You're going to need it. Once you, once you run out of people to vote out, you're going to have to start eating your own tribe. Well, I like Lee the last couple of episodes you start to see like even do you know what the letter thing did it actually made me think oh he's actually an all right lad do you know what i mean he's like really close with his mom and the way he talks about his mom i was like oh he seems all right actually like but then also the way he um spoke up to christopher like that that really made me like okay he's he is standing up for what he thinks is right yeah and he's like and I agree with him. Yeah, and I agreed with him. He could have toned it down a tiny bit because, but Christopher seems like one of them people that would just you know keep poking you like to make you go mad. 
Well, it's just like basically, like he won't. It's reading that conversation. I can see why Liu get frustrated because he was just like acting like he was like the king of strategy and he was right and he didn't need to consult anyone. He was just very smug about it. At one point, he was like, "Bro, can you calm down?" Which is probably the worst thing you could say to somebody who's not calm. (laughs) Like it's just, mm, yeah, bit ick. I just want to say because I don't regularly have recurring segments, but I'm going to have this one. I don't remember the name. Let's call it Who's Your Guy? We revisit <laughs> our initial predictions once and more and decide who is winning. Ryan, you're out, so you get to decide. The remaining players in our Who's Your Guy sweepstake are Matthew for me and Pegleg for Will. So who's your guy and who's winning right now out of those two? Why are the rules so strict? Like, hey. We pick- no, because what's the point of making a prediction at the start of the series if you don't stick with it? Yeah, that's fair. Yes, thank you. Can I? Can we not make a mid like a merge prediction? We can we can do a merge prediction, but it's only worth half a point. All right, the full point is if your original bloke wins. Of the two blokes that we picked, Matthew and Peg, who's doing better right now? Why is this so hard? It's clearly Matthew. No, it's not. How it's is clearly it clearly Matthew? Matthew? No, it's not. It's Pegleg, man. Pegleg's sailing through, mate. He's doing a mezard. He's just sailing through, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's surfing through. <laughs> okay, now mid mid Mitchell predictions. Uh, who do you think? You can name someone new now. Who do you think is winning? Updated prediction for half a point. I'm going to go Doug. It's really, it, yeah, it's really, really hard to see past Doug. Um, well, I, mean, I can see a few others, to be honest. You know, Nathan could be one. But I can see the downfall of Doug. I'm saying Tanuke to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say Hannah. Yeah. I think Hannah's going to surprise people. Like, I think she's going to be good. All three solid choices. Because, yeah, obviously I can see potentially the downfall of Doug coming in that he's yeah. starting to be quite a good strategist. And on Survivor, that scares people away. And he's getting a lot of airtime, which means he's going to explode yeah. and everyone's going to be <laughs> like, no, I didn't expect that coming. <laughs> he's above the parapet for sure. Whereas people like Hannah, they've been kept keeping a very low profile, but making a lot of friends and just yeah. being reliable the entire way through. She's intelligent as well. You hear her speak. You're yeah, like, she's, she's so really smart. Yeah, she's a very, she's I smart. really rate Hannah. She's great. Uh, but I guess that's all guesses then for the pre-merger. Should we be back next week to discuss the results of the merge uh, and see what's happened yeah. and where our favourites have made it? Let's do that. Absolutely. Well, in that case, thank you for listening. My name is Ryan. You can follow me at I don't think we're misogynist, but perhaps we can take advantage of a good bit of the testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> you said that so quick and so clear as well. <laughs> um, my my name's Will. Follow me at Will Fred something. <laughs> my name's Ivan. I want you to go follow some women for a change, huh? <laughs> if you like the podcast, don't forget subscribe. Give us a five star review. Follow us on social media. Follow us in the streets. Uh, send me some pastries. Whatever you want to do. And from all of us here, it's see you next week and goodbye. Good morning, driver. Bye bye.